You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat postgame show brought to you by Robbins Motor Company. Kansas State goes on the road for the second time this year and the second time in Big 12 play, and they win again. 21-14 over TCU on the road. Tim Fitzgerald joined by Brian Hanley, the former Kansas State offensive lineman. And as I mentioned, this podcast is brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. Caddyshack Golf, where that is caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing, willy apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Brian Hanley, welcome to the post-game podcast. Wow, wow, wow. And I have to be honest here right now, the Go Powercat staff basically knew all week that Skylar Thompson would not be playing. We didn't think he wouldn't go uh, on the trip at all, which turned out to be what happened. Uh, We knew probably it would be Will Howard unless a small miracle happened. Will Howard wasn't great in this game, but he was good enough. However... The K-State defense was great in shutting down a TCU offense that can put up some points. Absolutely. The defense, I mean, it was a masterpiece as far as what to do and how to win a football game. And they just completely shut them down. They gave them that first drive. And then after that, it was just Katie bar the door, just lights out and didn't give them a thing. And it was a thing of beauty. And it wasn't that we just, oh, well, we blitzed them and we tricked them. And it was just the front four getting pressure. We blitzed when we needed to every now and then. But, I mean, I don't think we sent five or six. I think it may be five blitzes the whole game. It was just the front four literally battered their front four and just said, we're not going to let the quarterback run for a bunch of yards. He didn't. Uh, we're not going to let this rushing game get off the ground, and we're going to cover the guys, and that's literally what they did. It was it was kind of simple football, but it was just, hey, we're going to do this. We're not going to let you do that, what you do, and they couldn't do it, and we won the football game. Yeah, it was impressive. In fact, what's amazing is TCU and Kansas State had almost identical yardage going into that last TCU possession. TCU ends up with more yards on the game. Uh, but this K-State's defense, this K-State defense set out to do a couple things here. They wanted to keep Max Duggan, uh, Dugan clamped up in that pocket. They knew he could run. They saw it last year, and he's been running ever since. The kid absolutely torched Texas at a key time last week. And you know what? They not only kept him in the pocket, they, they did item number two on their checklist was when they got to him, they hit him, and they hit him hard. They were physical. Brian, this looked like an old-school K-State defensive effort. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Just, they just punished the quarterback, punished the offense, just punished the offensive line. 
just just batter, just pushed him around, which is exactly what you want. It just it looked like an old school K State football defensive football game, and you know what? I, I, I take their hats off to the coaching staff and everybody down because on down because it was just a great. A great defensive effort. Just a great defensive effort. Yeah, it really was. Kansas State's offense struggled for most of this game uh, with Will Howard. He really didn't have a very good game. He was 8 of 19, threw for 117 yards. uh, Really had some struggles. But... He made a huge run early in this game. K-State was pinned up on his first possession at the one, two-yard line. And, boy, he just broke a long run right up the middle of the field. Got tracked down eventually, but that drive ended up with a field goal. K-State added another field goal, uh, and it was kind of a 7-6. to six, You know, it looked like a matchup of two boxers. They were just slugging away at each other. But eventually K-State did put together its one prolonged drive of the game, and it went It went 91 yards, six plays. They ended up getting in the end zone on Will Howard uh, four-yard run. And then they came back with a, a beautiful reverse, a jet sweep on on the two-point conversion to try to get to the 14. And Sebastian Taylor made a great play. It was covered. They TCU boxed it up, but yeah. he got into the end zone somehow to make it 14-7. to A.J. Parker with the big pick gets it to 21-7. to and honestly, barring a miracle and a sudden awakening of the TCU offense, that game was over. And TCU did put a little scare at the end into K-State, uh, but uh, the Wildcats win the game. And, Brian, I guess where I'm going with this is compare this team we saw today offensively with a backup quarterback going on the road and winning and defensively with a physical effort that didn't have many mistakes at all Compare that to the team that lost to Arkansas State. For me, it's a shocking difference. I don't even know who that team was that played the first week of the season. I have no idea who that was because this team that came out and played today is the exact opposite of that team. Guys guys out there competing, guys playing physical on both sides of the line, the defense doing their job. When the quarterback wasn't playing well, didn't matter. You know what? We're going to run the football a little bit. We're not going to play great, but we're going to play good in spurts. You know, keep the football a little bit. You know, just make some plays when we need to make plays. Kicking game was great again. I mean, it's just, you know, it was just a a complete team effort. And again, night and day difference from that Arkansas State Game. I, again, I don't even know who that was. I have no idea who that was because it's not the same football team. It, it, it really isn't. And now they've won two out on the road, beating Oklahoma and TCU on the road. Uh, they've only played the one game with Tech at home. They return in two weeks to play Kansas at home, and then they go to West Virginia. Uh, man, if this team could stay away from the COVID monster on the week off, which has kind of bit teams throughout the nation as kids kind of relax their guard with their conduct, if they can stay healthy the rest of the year, this team really has a remarkable chance to make a strong push into the final four games of the season, which will start with Oklahoma State. Who would have thunk? I, I mean, it's just incredible. But it, again, it's just what you said. Got to take care of business during the off week. Got to get healthy and got to stay COVID-free. 
you know, just got to stay healthy, get healthy and stay COVID free. And you're right, because you look around, I mean, and K-State's been bitten by it too. But you look around the country, I mean, there's teams, like I heard Vanderbilt today only suited up 56 scholarship players. I'm like, wow. You know, so we just can't fall into to that trap because although the, the coaching staff has been a, been a, done an outstanding job, not a good job, an outstanding job of plug, plugging and playing guys here and there and putting guys in certain spots, but we just don't need that right now. We're playing good football. Things are going too well for us to take a step back. So let's be positive about it. Hope the guys take care of themselves and do the right thing. I know it's tough because it is tough. I've been there as a college student on a bye week, even though you practice all week long. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's party time. I mean, it just is. So let's, let's hope the guys take care of themselves and do the right things. And, you know, let's come back and, and go from there and play, start playing even better football, if that's possible, which I believe it is. Brian, as I look at the postgame stats here, I find something very interesting on the defensive side of the ball. Kansas State's leading tacklers all had six. Bronson, Boom Massey at the defensive end position. Eli Sullivan at the linebacker position. And A.J. Parker at the nickelback corner position. Those were the three players at each level of this defense, and I think that sums up the effort because as much as we want to talk about how good they were at containing Max Duggan in the in the pocket, not letting him get comfortable, not letting him run, that secondary really played a good, good game. And those corners, uh, Justin Gardner, Gardner in particular, were really good throughout. Yeah, they are. Because TCU is always going to have very good, skilled athletes uh, they just do, you know, coach Patterson does a great job of doing recruiting guys and, you know, it's hotbed in Texas. So he goes out and he finds those guys that are going to be good skilled players and we contained them. We contained them. We didn't let them just break free and get open for a lot of things. We contained them. Our guys played a very good game. It just, I don't know that we can really put into words how good it was unless you watched the football game, which I know all K-State fans did, but if you didn't watch the football game, it's hard to put into words, really, Tim, how good they played on defense. It's just incredible how good, I mean, I say incredible. It's not like it was impossible, but it, it just, it was crazy how good they played on defense. It, it just really was. Just super proud of the guys for the way that they competed because they competed and just said, you guys are not going to beat us today. There's nothing that you can do that we haven't seen that we can't stop. I mean, we kind of got in our own way at the end of the game, which put, you know, a scare into us. But other than that, there was nothing that they could do that we weren't going to be able to stop. No, it was very uh, impressive to watch. And then when K-State got the ball back late in the game, they needed to run out the clock. They almost got it done, except uh, Will Howard suffered a case of self-tackleization on a really well-run bootleg where he he was just wide open to get the first down. It dripped and fell down. But – the the star of that possession was Deuce Vaughn. Now, Deuce only had 40-some yards in the game. He struggled to get loose all day. 
He did have one nice pass reception, a great throw from Will Howard. But really on the ground, Deuce struggled most of the day, but he found enough room to operate on that drive, and he at least got one first down, and they might have stumbled on their way to their second first down, but they ate up enough clock to make it almost impossible for TCU to come back. And in fact, the only thing that kept TCU alive was kind of a – a sketchy roughing the passer call at the end that I think they called it because they thought it was targeting. It turned out not to be targeting. So it shouldn't have been roughing the passer because he did not hit the quarterback late. We're talking about Wyatt Hubert. K-State did hang on, though. They got enough done, and it just kind of epitomized the day. It wasn't pretty, either on offense or defense at the end, but it was good enough. Exactly. It was good enough. And you know what? There's going to be days when your defense is going to have to win you football games. There's just going to be days where your offense just isn't going to play well. And you got to be able to go out there and stop somebody because your offense is not, doesn't have it. Today was one of them days. It gives good competition. Yeah. I mean, it's not TCU's not a bad football team. This TCU's a good football team. It's against good competition that we were able to go out there Offense not playing their best football. I did think that the offensive line played pretty well. There we go. You know, I you know, I tell you, I'll, I'll bash them when they need bashing, but I'm praising them when they need praising. I thought the offensive line actually did play pretty well. They, I mean, TCU's defense is just really good. I mean, it just is. But and our quarterback didn't have. I mean, first start on the road, true fresh. It is what it is. I mean, it just is what it is. And but. I just, you know, I thought the offensive line played well. I didn't think quarterback played terrible. He didn't play terrible. He just missed some throws that you got to make. But, you know, hey, let's get better and go from now. Yeah, it it wasn't a perfect performance in any way, but I do agree with you that offensive line was better, even though they yeah. struggled at times. I thought TCU's defense played a pretty darn good game in itself. They did. But they kept Will Howard mostly clean. They didn't let the TCU defense rattle him too much. But they did confuse him on the back end. He threw an interception in this game. Uh, you know, It was K-State's first turnover of the year. You can't really complain too much. It wasn't a great throw, but I think Sebastian Taylor came off the route. It still shouldn't have been thrown, but um, I think he expected Taylor to be in a completely different spot than he ended up on that play. Uh, I'll say this. There's still some questions I have about the offensive line, but the amount of progress they have made from an absolute train wreck against Arkansas State to a functional outfit three, four games into the season, three games into conference play. Connor Riley, I'm tipping my hat to you. Um, that is impressive how much progress they've made. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely night and day again. Just like the team is night and day different, the offensive line is night and day different. Those guys were coming off the football today. Wasn't a, gr- a spectacular game by them by any means, but it was a good game. I thought they played very well uh, in spots. Um, kept the quarterback clean for the most part. I mean, they did their job today. They did their job. They 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 played well. They earned the praise that we could give them today. They earned that praise because the guys they fought. Oh, and all we're asking for is is competition for them to compete. That's all we're asking. Just go out there and compete, and they did that. So it was okay. Yeah, and one final topic before we take a quick break here. Um, special teams. Oh my goodness, they did it again. <laughs> Blocked a field goal. And uh, the punters, the punters were just spot on all day uh, with with how they got the ball out of there. Coverage unit uh, kept TCU's return specialists bottled up all day. Uh, I'm just blown away by how 
good the special teams have continued to be under Chris Kleiman. And it's just really impressive how special teams continues to impact the outcome of games. And we saw it again today in Fort Worth. Yeah, I think kind of what we mentioned last week and we touched on as far as, you know, it's just something in the water that they put in the complex. I think it's just guys know when you come to Kansas State and if you happen to be on special teams, it's not a, uh, well, I, I have to play on special teams. I'm, I'm, I'm playing on special teams. I'm maybe not getting all the time I want in offense or defense. I have to play special teams. They take it as an honor to be on special teams because they understand the tradition that has gone on with Kansas state special teams and what it means to not only to them, but to fans and the the entire program. And it just continues to get better and better each week. And it just year after year. And it's just today was the epitome of that. They got nothing. They got nothing done. We blocked another kick. I know it wasn't a punt, but we blocked another kick. They got no return. I mean, they got nothing. Punter was spot on. I mean, it, it was just it, when, it was one of those games to where when the offenses are going to play well, the other two phases of the game picked up the slack to help us win. And I thought that was great because we're going to need that. We needed it today, and it was great to see uh, because, again, first game of the year, I didn't think anything like this could happen. So this is just very, very good to see the team come together. But it's not over. We're just starting. Mm, It's not over indeed. Only three games into a nine-game Big 12 schedule, but Kansas State is 3-0 as it goes into its second bye week of the season to prepare for Kansas in two weeks here in Manhattan. Kansas State wins at TCU 21-14. And as we go to break, let's hear from Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman on how his team played. If you can hold people to under under 25 points in this league, you're playing really good defense. And, uh, it was a game of field position and a game of defense. And, and for us to bang it down and put it at the three or four on that last drive was critical. Uh, but uh, I, that's I told our guys uh, after we beat Texas Tech, we're going to grind some wins out. We're going to grind some games out. There's not a group of guys that I'd rather grind with uh, than the group in that locker room. PowerCat Podcast. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by 
Caddyshack Golf. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack Golfware. Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Tim Fitzgerald with the former offensive lineman Brian Hanley from his home down in Texas. Uh, were you tempted to try to go to the game? He wasn't far from you. No, it wasn't far. Um, I actually thought about it, and then, you know, I, I'm just one of those. I'm not a, a overly COVID person. You know, I do what I'm supposed to do, you know, but at the same time, I knew that they had a huge outbreak, and I'm like, better be safe than sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I'll watch the game. Uh, there wasn't. I tried to get some people to see if there was going to be some other people going, and they all were like, no, didn't TCU have a huge outbreak? And that's what everybody kept saying that I asked, and I'm like, yeah, they did. I'm like, well, okay, I'll just stay here. No big deal. Yeah, you know, it's very strange for me because I have been to so many games. I stopped going on road games for my health uh, a couple years ago, but now not even going to home games and watching everything from home. It's such a yeah. different world, and in some ways, you're better off. You know, you can Correct. see more on TV. In other ways, you miss so many subtle things that are happening around the game but not in focus of the camera that I do kind of miss. Our Zach Carlson is uh, going everywhere with Kansas State this year. Uh, you know, at the start of the year after they lose to Arkansas State, I'm like, well, I don't know if we're going to go everywhere. You know, let's save some money. Right. And now, uh, yeah, he will be going to Morgantown. Zach, if you're listening, you're going to Morgantown, brother. Uh, we need to be there for that game. And uh, it's it's really good to have someone on the ground. Let's get to some questions now from Wabash Station. And, and KSU Man chimed in with a, a series of questions here early in the thread, uh, which, again, I forgot to get up early enough. Uh, but he does ask about the receivers, and I was really intrigued by this. DJ Rinder was a receiver that became a safety that got moved back to receiver this year with kind of some depth issues. And when we've asked Coach Kleiman or Coach Messingham about who's going to step up now that Wyking Gill's out, DJ Rinder's name was never mentioned. And he hasn't really yeah. played this season. And there he is out there. He caught three passes, the leading receiver in the game. I think it's about his only three receptions of his career because the first time around he didn't play hardly at all. Right. They're just not getting much from their receivers. DJ was good. Sebastian had, had a couple catches and a nice end around on that two-point conversion. Uh, but Malik Knowles missing in action. Joshua Youngblood has been in the doghouse. He did play a little bit today, but not much. And we're seeing a bunch of other guys who are doing a good job, doing the little things, but they're not catching many passes. How concerned are you about the receiving core? I'm, I'm very concerned because you can't win football games, not in the Big 12, not consistently if you're not going to get things from your wide receivers. I mean, they didn't get anything. You know, it, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see. And who knows, maybe some of the passes that were incomplete would have been completed or should have been completed. Maybe a receiver didn't get as much depth on a, a route that he was supposed to run or something. I just – it's it's disheartening is what it is because I think there's guys there that can make plays. I'm just wondering what's going on there. Yeah. there. There seems to be something going on there. Um, if guys are in the doghouse and then how do you get them out of the doghouse? You know, how do they get out? I mean, if they're not going to practice hard or they're not doing the, the right things, then do they even need to be around? If they're consistently going to be in the doghouse forever. And I know that's a harsh thing to say, 
But at the same time, we're tra- this is a football program we're trying to build. And if you've got guys that consistently just won't do what you're asking, then what are we doing? So, and and I believe the guys are there. I know guys want to want to compete. It's just they're gonna you have to be better. And when, when the opportunities come, you got to make the plays. I mean, Malik knows. I don't even think he played today. I, I mean, I didn't see him at all. And maybe there's something else that's going on. I don't know. It's just we got to be better. We've got to be better at the receiving position. Yeah, I, you know, there's a layer here that. Uh, it's hard for us to calculate because we haven't been around the team. I mean, we're just not this year. But there's a certain number of guys, and I'm sure it's true in every football program, that did not take care of their business very well in the off time. When they should have been in camp or in off-season conditioning, and they weren't doing things that they needed to be doing. They weren't into the playbook. They weren't catching passes. They weren't staying conditioned. Whatever it was, They weren't doing it. Now, I don't know if that's Malik Knowles, but I know this. He hasn't played well all season, and I don't think he's totally locked in on the job at hand. And I know Josh Youngblood's had some off-the-field stuff, and he's had some uh, in-program stuff that we haven't really reported too much on at Go Power Cap, but there is a layer of that going on. These were two guys that were supposed to be significant receivers, and now Joaquin Gill has broken a hand, arm, and is gone for the season. Uh, They've got to find something there, and I don't know what it is. Uh, if they move Mosey, the freshman running back out there, like I've I've wondered, because I, I think that's where he's going to end up. Jakarta, you're right, seems at running back, seems to be getting his way out of the doghouse, but he still didn't play a whole lot. He's a guy that I think really can can fill in at running back and let Mosey move out. Uh, they're going to have to do something with this off week. They're going to have to find some answers at receiver. Yeah, they well, they got to get more explosive plays. That's the thing. You've just got to get – I mean, you've got to get your guys that – are your best athletes that can catch the ball and run with the ball, do things with the ball. You got to get the ball in their hands. You got to get them out on the field. And so at, at some point that has to happen because the competition is only going to get stiffer from here on out. I know that we say, well, we played Oklahoma. Well, I don't know how good Oklahoma really, I don't know if they're the best team in the conference or not, but I know we're going to play some teams down the road. We're going to have to have some explosive plays down the field and we got to have the guys on the field to be able to do that. So we got to, those guys got to take care of what they need to take care of. They've got to get on the field. We got to get on the same page because we're going to need them. We need them. I mean, that's just the simple facts. We need those guys to play. So, yep. and it's very, very important that they get out there because as we get scouted more, they're going to take away the thing. I mean, that happened a little bit today. They took away the things that we were trying to do. We're going to make you throw it. And if you can't, then I don't know how we can continue to win. Today, the defense and special teams bailed us out. There's going to be a time where that's not going to happen and we're going to have to score. So we'll see. One of my favorite things in sports is when guys tend to think they're irreplaceable, they're above everyone else, and then they don't play and the team keeps succeeding without them. And that better send a pretty clear message to, you know, any guys that might be uh, struggling with being in the doghouse right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. TDE 67 would like to know this. Assuming Will Howard has to play QB the rest of the season, which might be a good assumption. Did his performance encourage your faith that that the season can go successfully from here on out? It did for me. I said from the first time I saw him against Arkansas State, which I didn't even know why he was out there, and I saw him throw the football for that first time, I thought, 
you know what? This guy's got something. Yeah. And it was just a play action pass. He just turned around and threw it dart right over the middle. I thought, this guy's got a little something here. He's got a little something. I I like the way he's playing. Well, I, nothing today deterred me from that. I know he missed some, some throws that he should make. But again, first game on the road, the, you know, first start, things like that are going to happen. You know, he'll get better, just like everybody gets better. He'll get better. And where you see a lot of that, especially with a bye week coming up, now I don't know how great the competition is going to be coming up, but, you know, that first start to the next start, guys tend to get a lot better. And that's not doesn't even count having a bye week. So I expect him to be a lot better the next time out. And I don't see any reason why we can't still be successful with him at quarterback. I thought I saw Courtney Messingham um, struggling a little bit to call plays today to find something that would work and not put his young quarterback in a position to fail. Uh, he was willing to let him make plays when he really had to, but he didn't want to overpressure him, overload him, make throw after throw after throw. They were very cautious with him, uh, but I think they're going to slowly let up on those reins and let him run a little bit, let him throw a little bit in this case as we move forward. We'll see, but I was encouraged even though the numbers weren't great. He certainly didn't win any awards today for great marksmanship as a quarterback, but he does show that he's a leader. And he can play. And I asked Bradley more about it after the game, and he said the kid was so calm in the huddle. He's just a really natural leader, and that's amazing for a true freshman. Yeah, I thought, I mean, obviously you can't hear what's going on in the huddle, but what you can see is guys responded. You know, guys weren't panicked. You know, and you can tell when guys are panicked on the team. You can tell if a lineman or a receiver or a running back, you can tell if those guys are actually panicked when it comes down to it, and he was not panicked, or guys were not panicked. It seemed like he was very poised. He even the play that at the end of the game where the turf monster got him, very distraught. But it was an excellent read by him, you know, to win the game. It was a play for him to go win the game. He made the right decision. So that's all you can ask. Everything else will get better. I wouldn't put too much stock in the in his passing numbers today. Uh, passing numbers again. First game. TCU, Gary Patterson, uh, he was going to take some stuff away. I just think, you know, our receiving court not playing well. I don't I don't think you can hold that against him too much today. Uh, we'll, he'll get better. And like I said, I like his poise. Uh, I like the leadership ability. Um, and they're going to have to lean on him a little bit more. I mean, that's the way college football is played. The quarterback, you, you got to lean on your quarterback to win football games. And so – uh, when the time came, even today, like I said, the turf monster got him. But what did we do when it was time for winning time? We leaned on him, and he had it won. He just tripped. Yep. So we'll be okay. I'm not sure he tripped. I think the ghost of uh, slinging Sandy Ball <laughs> tripped him. I think, I think that, that was just so strange to see. Cashew Man asked about this, and I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm going to temporarily give you a new job. I'm going to make you the replay official. First of all, was Wyatt Hubert's. Uh, personal foul at the end of the game was it targeting and was it even a personal foul which replay can't overturn but what do you think it was the worst call of the day 
Yeah. I mean, he, he, he hit him right as he threw the ball in the chest, which is literally exactly what they want you to do. He didn't hit him with his helmet. He didn't drive him into the ground. He literally gave him a two-hand shiver into his chest, which is right when he threw the football. And the ref was right there, and he threw the flag immediately. I'm like, how can I see this on television clear as day? And you're three feet from them, and you couldn't. It was just, it was absolutely pathetic. Yeah. Okay. Next call, uh, referee up in the press box. Sammy Wheeler's catch that was ruled an incompletion when he caught the ball, put his hand down, put a knee down, put his shoulder down, landed on his back, and then the ball was stripped out. And the interpretation by Fox was that he didn't make a football move. I don't know what the football move is when you're tackled and you're on the ground, but he didn't make that move. I thought it was a catch. I thought, I'm tired of this rule. If you're down, you're down. His knee was yeah. down. He possessed the ball. That should terminate the play, period. If, it, if he'd been running with the ball, and you know, just as a running back, and his knee went down, and then he lost control after hitting the ground. That's not a fumble. Why is that an incompletion? But under the rules, was that a good call? I I didn't think it was a good call again. He caught it. He went to the ground. His knee hit. He fell. He rolled over. And then the ball came out. I'm just like, okay. I mean, how do you say that he didn't catch? When you saw him literally catch the ball and roll over, because he didn't catch the ball on his back. He caught the ball. Was hit, fell, knee hit, rolled over on his back, and then the ball came out. Whether the guy ripped it out or whatever, but it was after he was already on the ground. So I'm like, how how can you say that that that's not a catch? Again, I'm with you. I'm tired of the rule. It, either it's a catch or it's not a catch. Make a decision. But this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Contra Cat wants to know this. Uh, K-State played Stan Pat at 21 a long time. Do you think the offense should have been more aggressive? Uh, and why did they get away from the lateral run game for most of that second half? Uh, I don't know if they should have been more aggressive. I thought TCU's defense played pretty well. I thought DCU's defense took away some stuff that we were trying to do, and we couldn't hit on the pass plays that we were trying to hit. And so I just thought that it was just a, a defensive football game. That's all. I don't and getting away from the lateral running game. I think they took that away. Um, you know, I, I just believe they took that away. They started doing some stuff up front, slanting linemen and, and things of that nature to the field, where it took some of those things away from us. And you know, it's hard to run when guys are already slanted that way. You know, it's it's hard to run the football, and, and when you're not hitting things on the outside in your passing game, it just makes things a lot more difficult. So. I just thought it was a defensive football game. I don't think we yeah. needed to be more aggressive. I, that just we, we were controlling the football game. I don't know how many times they said it on the, the telecast. We're controlling the – now, I think they went a little bit overboard, but we were controlling the football game, and there was any, it wasn't really anything that TCU could do to stop us. Again, if we don't get in our own way, the game's not even that close. So – K-State was ahead on the scorecards going into the last round, and they just couldn't get knocked out. And they, you know, maybe they got a little conservative, and uh, but that's the way it, what it took to win the game. 
Boy, I got to tell you something, Brian. It looked like a Coach Snyder game today. It looked a lot yeah. like a Coach Snyder game on both sides of the ball. They got pretty conservative on offense when they got a lead, and and defensively they were really good. It was kind of, uh, you know, spooky how much it looked like K-State football, even though it's a different coach. One final question from Wabash Station. The incredible Gulk wants to know how great have Gardner and Boydo been at corner? They have been marvelous, haven't they? Oh, my goodness. Again, night and day difference. Those guys have just been playing lights out. And the, the thing is that even when they give up catches, they tackle, which is all you can ask. Go out there, compete, and tackle. You know, that, that's what you need your corner to do. You need them to be out there and just to tackle guys, but to compete. But they've been competing, covering guys, breaking up passes. They've been magnificent. It's, it's just a... A complete turnaround from the very first week. Absolute complete turnaround. Well, I I don't want to be negative on this show after a Kansas State victory, but I need to get your thoughts on the broadcast team. I thought Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman were woefully ill prepared for this game. I thought it was painful to listen to. They don't know the. They didn't seem to know the rules of football. They didn't know who was playing. They didn't know what the hell was going on most of the time. The problem is, is that I, I'm a Tim Brando person, but Tim Brando should have been done five years ago. And CBS got rid of him for a reason. It's not, hey, we've had you all this time, and then we're just going to get rid of you. No, they got rid of him for a reason. Sometimes it's just time to go. Spencer Tillman, the same thing. I like Spencer Tillman, but it was like they just showed up and just, okay, we're going to do the game. We're going to write down some numbers and see who's good, see who's not. They weren't prepared. And it just it became, like I said earlier, some of the things that just kept saying that we're just, oh, we're just going to run out the clock. We just want to run out. Well, that, that's not what Kansas State do. We're trying to score football points. You know, we're, we're not trying to just run out the clock on everybody and, and do that. That's not what we've done all year. So I didn't even know what they meant by that. Yeah. And, and then it was just nauseating. Well, them complaining about the last time out Chris Kleiman called, look, I understand that mathematically – if you let the clock run leading up to the snap, you're going to give them less time. I understand that. But they wanted to make sure they were in the right play, the right alignment. And you know what? They were. The guy just yes. tripped. So if the guy doesn't right. trip, the timeout doesn't matter. I, I just thought, really, you're going back to this a seventh time. It, it was annoying. And, and I'll just say this. Fox, you have a guy named Ben Lieber on your payroll yes. as a color guy, and he's outstanding. Find him an equally good, young, up-and-coming play-by-play guy and give them games because this was well below the standards of network TV. Oof. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. And you're right about that. I was like, you keep going back to this, keep going back to this. I'm like, first of all, it was right to call the timeout. Yep. Nothing would have happened. They wanted to get the right play. I get it. And they were right. <laughs> it's not like the coaches were wrong. They were right. They just didn't execute. Nothing wrong with it. So get out of your own way and just let it go. But you're right. We got they got to do better. They got to do better. I'm usually not somebody that wants to bash on announcers because you know the guys are doing their job. But they they were bad today. They, they were bad. Good. They were not good. But K State was good enough. They win 21-14. The Wildcats move to three and one on the season. Three and zero in the Big Twelve. And boy, oh boy, are they going to have a nice off week. Hopefully not too nice. Hopefully a healthy yes. off week before yes. they play Kansas in two Saturdays. 
at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Brian Hanley, thank you very much. Great stuff as always. Absolutely. We uh, no no pregame show this week. Just take the week off, brother. Just take the week. All off. right. As, <laughs> as we go out here, let's hear from the quarterback. True freshman Will Howard leads K State to victory with the help of an incredible defensive effort, twenty-one fourteen in Fort Worth over Gary Patterson's Horned Frogs. And I asked the freshman QB to evaluate how the freshman QB played. We got the win. That's uh, that's always what what matters to me, and I'm happy that I'm happy as heck that we got the win. But I mean, there's a lot lot to clean up, and um, you know, you all know that, we all know that, and you know. It was far from perfect, but like I said, we, we got it done. We, we get, did what we came here to do, and um, I'm excited about that. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot better to win from or learn from a win than to learn from a loss, and there's a lot to learn from here. So, you know, we're just going to – we got a bye week now. We're going to continue to uh, push through and, um, you know, recover a little bit this week and then, you know, kind of get back into things next week. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.